Morcoin is one of our Facebook community moderators as well as a web designer with over 20 years of experience. She plays a vital part in growing the Elementor community and she is someone I personally have learned a lot from. In our podcast, she talks about the challenges of running a successful community and provides useful insights for web designers. Hello, Mor. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So I'd like to start the interview with just, you know, the general, most general question. How did you reach what you're doing? How did you reach design, WordPress? What's your uh, story? Walk us through it. Oh, well, um, I have over 20 years experience um, as a branding, graphics, and uh, web designer. Uh, I started out as a graphic designer, or it was then called a desktop publisher. <laughs> um, I created logos, uh, print layouts for, you know, brochures, catalogs, prospects, and a lot of PowerPoint presentations. Um mm. Yes, became a, somewhat of an expert in Photoshop and Illustrator. And I'm not sure if uh-huh. you even know what it would be, but Quark Express. If you Quark, know it, no, if, no. Oh, yeah, about so it. <laughs> <laughs> it's long gone, I think. Is it similar, like what you're doing now? And uh, do you, do you, what's the similarity there? Well, I, you know, I call Elementor the Photoshop of web design um, because <laughs> <Okay>. the... <laughs> the um, the methodology is very similar, you know, it's, it's layers and it's objects and, you know, it's, it's, it's very much what you see is what you get. So I think having this background uh, in graphic design is really crucial and it's really helpful when you learn how to use a page builder. So what was your first job in, in this print design in the print design, wow! Yeah. Um, I think it was um, having like a brochure for the company I used to work for, uh-huh. and um, it's it was uh, very interesting because, you know, that was in Israel actually, and it was everything was very much in the beginning of digital work, and um, you know, I had one of the first Macintoshes that were even in Israel at the time. So it was, um, you know, actually pioneering. I like that. It was really nice. But then, you know, you have to learn how to lay out a page, how to put the elements together, typography, how to think of the, how the user will be reading and um, relating to the content. So, you know, it's pretty much the same as what we do today for web. The principles are the same. So when was the transition to web? Was it the, in that company? Uh, no, it was a um, few years afterwards. I had a client that asked me to design a logo for them. And when I was done with the logo, he said, well, this is great. Can you create a website for us? And before I knew what I was saying, I said, oh, sure, I can. And you know, in my head, I'm like, what did I just do? I have no idea how to build a website. So I started frantically. I went to, I started with Micromedia, if you know what that was, Mm -hmm. and then upgraded to Dreamweaver. (laughs) Um, But I really didn't like 
I mean, I could manage using it, but I really didn't like building sites with it. Everything was very complex. It was very unintuitive. And I was, I was so focused on the technical aspect of the building of the sites that creativity just became secondary and it was really frustrating. What so, year was that? Oh, no, you are not going to ask me that. That's <laughs> a long time ago. 2000, something like that? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was very frustrating. It's, it's not, um, it, it just wasn't flowing for me. And if you look at sites from that time, they may work technically, but none of them are beautiful or designed the right way and actually i try not to look at anything i've done then um, <laughs> yeah if it's still available I, i'm not even sure if it's still alive but i try not to even think about it um yeah i remember when gradient buttons first uh, that was the oh rage. yes yes yeah everything was gradient are you kidding me <laughs> yeah <laughs> and boxed boxed and gradient <laughs> yeah. but we didn't know any better because we you know that that was the capabilities that we had then unless you know you you're really a coder but then if you're really a coder you are not that great of a designer usually mm -hmm. so it was kind of um it, it just wasn't working for me so i actually shifted uh focus for a while into computer-aided design and i was a kitchen and bath designer um mm. yes so that felt better because it was wow. a lot more intuitive yeah and i could focus on the creativity creativity and the design and less um on the technicalities and that was also on uh programs that were uh fairly new at the time um was that freelance work or yes freelance work yes ah, okay. yes i had a um a construction company and i was designing kitchen and bath projects and then building them so it it was really nice you know i liked the interaction with the customers and you know who wouldn't want to spend their days you know picking out cabinets and <laughs> tile shopping and, and, yeah. <laughs> shopping you know with with the client's money it was really it, it was interesting but i really really wanted to go back to web design and i went looking for the tools that were available and i found what i thought would be a great theme with a backend builder and it was all so that, that was you you were already hooked on on wordpress at that time yes you... yes i knew i wanted to go back to wordpress i want i wanted mm -hmm. to go to wordpress i didn't want to do anything else because i think that the interface of wordpress and the way uh it's built and i could see that the future is really will revolve around wordpress um yeah. and that it will grow really fast. So I found a theme with a backend builder and, you know, that was promoted as a designer's dream because you don't need a lot of code and everything is uh, easy. Um, Which team? Well, it, um, a different theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, as it turned out, it wasn't that easy. To use, ah, okay. um, so don't yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm not. Um, yeah, the yeah. learn yeah, the learning curve was really steep. 
it wasn't user friendly. It was heavy. It was just, you know, and we're not going to talk about the short codes or anything like that. It was just, just didn't yeah. uh, work for me. But then one day I found Generate Press and Elementor actually on the same day. And mm-hmm. it was love uh, at the first sight, like website <laughs> for both <laughs> tools. It just from the first love second, at first sight. That's it good. just, it I'll just, right. Isn't it cool? See what I did there? Yeah. So it was really seriously, I'm, and I mean it, I mean, we can joke about it, but it was really everything clicked into place immediately. I think for me as a designer, Elementor is really a dream come true. It is so intuitive mm. and it's just smooth. Everything is smooth. And, and with, the, you know, as far as the design possibilities, it's just limitless. And without even needing a single line of code. I mean, I can manage, you know, CSS for the most part, but if I don't have to, isn't it? And it's just feels you know, very, very familiar. It felt really familiar right from the start, right from the very beginning. So, uh, you know, aside from the fact that I'm very proud of you guys for what you're doing, uh, you know, having been uh, born and raised in Israel, and I'm really proud of everything that you're accomplishing. I think it's just absolutely amazing. The tool itself is just everything I could hope for. So if you compare like before and, and today, what are the main differences? Like today, do you run a ho- complete projects without coding things yourself or t- walk us through this? It, I only, um, you know, I don't do PHP or anything like that. So if I need something really complex, then I definitely outsource it. But for mm-hmm. the most part... Uh, I would say 90% of my projects I can manage just with Elementor, almost with no um, code at all. And I, I also like it because it gives my clients the ability, if they want to, make changes or handle the site themselves if they choose to do that. Most of them don't, but I like to give them the option that if they do want to do it, they can. And how do you introduce it to your clients? Like, uh, is, it, is it part of your uh, selling process? Like, how do you explain about it and hand it off? You know, after I hand, first of all, I, you know, I give them access to all the training material that I can find. So they can mm-hmm. feel free to look around and, and see if they can uh, manage things. Actually, I have a client right now that I have created a dev site just for him and I gave him access to it and I have generate press and I have Elementor on it and I just sent him to play. Um, so oh, wow. yeah. So when I do transfer to him, he will already be familiar with what's going on. Of course, you know, we go through a walkthrough and I'm always available to clients if they have questions, if they, can't find something or, you know, they're lost. But for the most part, if they do want to do things on their own, they can. I also ask them if they want to limit their user roles. As you know, we can we can do that so, you know, they can feel comf- confident to do things without being afraid to break stuff. Yeah. So uh, I like the th- flexibility of it. Uh, let's go back because one of the 
major things that uh, I think you're doing exceptionally well is social media marketing and being active on social in general. So did that start with when you started with generate press and element or did it start beforehand being active on social on groups? I started a little bit uh, before that, but to be honest, the communities that I was part of before, were not as welcoming and were not as friendly to beginners. And, you know, I started um, a little bit before I found Elementor and General Press. And, but I found that most communities are not as friendly and welcoming to people who are just starting out. And there is very much the... Um, You know, an atmosphere of, you know, we have been doing this for a long time, so we know better. And it just wasn't really welcoming. Like a closed group. Exactly. It's just very, yeah. you know, kind of uh, clicky and, you know, the, we are we are better than everybody else because we've been doing this for a long time. And it, it was just like uncomfortable to... ask questions or to uh, express opinions because you, you know, people are made to feel inadequate. And that was something that actually, you know, made me even, you know, further not want to use that tool. But when I found Elementor and I joined the group, I think it was right um, at the beginning, it just, uh, you know, right away, everything felt differently. It felt... very welcoming it felt people are were nice and no one was an expert and no one was you know um, considered better than anyone else and I think that is such an important thing and I felt that right away both in the elementor and the generate press groups and I think the atmosphere I think the the interactions are such an important part. Of the tool itself you, you've had a lot of experience I mean you became moderator fairly early on simply because uh, you were so prominent and so active in the group and helpful for many people so how has that contributed to your business and how do you see like how does it work exactly well you know I think that on social media uh, especially you We can't come into groups and expect to take. We have to give a lot, and we have to do it really genuinely, and we have to be you know have no agenda behind it because the more we give to other people, the more we will get. And I think especially for me, I love interacting with mm. members of the group it's really it's it's very very fulfilling for me to help someone I think if people look at it as you know how lucky are we that we have like the you know phone a friend function every day all day all year where if we have a problem we can just post and there will always be someone there to help us or you the other way around if we see someone stuck and we can help them how rewarding is that yeah plus when you explain something to someone it it's sort of materialized the, the absolutely 
yourself. Absolutely. It reinforces right. what you know. I think it's such a crucial part of us growing as people and as business owners. Yeah. When I studied psychology, I remember learning that kids as young as three-year-old already have the ability and teach other kids. And it's amazing to, to see that it's something that's innate in our nature. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do understand people starting a business. They, they feel like, okay, now's the time to grow my business. I need, I need growth. I need now to see some results. I can't afford to put time and effort into helping others. When I'm successful, I'll, uh, mm -hmm. I'll help. <laughs> I'll have the resources. I, I think it, that's a pre prevalent uh, thought. You know what? People will never be successful if they don't help others first. That's a fact. I think uh, Seth Godin said that if we have the opportunity to stick to people who are good and who are giving and who are open and honest and sharing and are willing to help, you know, why would we go with people who are not, who are selfish and who will not help someone else? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but I think yeah. the essence of it is that, especially now, because so much is done online and in the open, it's that it's very, very easy to distinguish between someone who is uh, willing to help and someone who is there to take. And people will not work with takers. They will work with givers. Exactly. I think, I, I think it, there's starting to be a certain shift, both, both in, in person to person and how people see brands where we, we stop thinking about always only result-oriented, and we're starting to think about other measures, like not just the numbers, but also the approach, the, the, the attitude, and the aspects of, um, you know, of, of your work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that if we can recognize the fact that, you know, we're not an island, <laughs> we work you know, we're all a community and there is enough work for everyone. Trust me. And it, we don't need to fight over clients. We don't need to fight over information. We, if we share with each other, if we help each other, we all grow individually. You know, I think it's, it sounds like a lofty idea, but I think in reality, it, it is working. And I can tell you for myself, it is working. I didn't do it. I didn't, uh, I'm not participating in groups, you know, thinking that, you know, what am I going to get out of it? But that's a byproduct that, you know, people know me and they trust me. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And in our group, in other groups, let, let's pick our group. Like, how would you um, describe the, you're interacting with uh, the people every day. Uh, the community members, how would you describe the, the average, uh, like three types of, of people that you, that you come across, the, the most common uh, types? Well, you know, we have, obviously we have uh, the people who are completely new to web design that never worked uh, with, don't even know what WordPress is. And uh, they are really 
you know, they start from zero and, you know, it's, it could be overwhelming and it can be terrifying because they don't even know the, even the basic stuff, uh, which is okay because we all started somewhere, you know, I'm yet to meet a person that was born a web designer. We all start somewhere. So, you know, the, we have that group of people who either use the free version or they get the paid version and they're just starting out. And, you know, I really appreciate um, when they come and they ask questions because it could be really intimidating. And I think this these are the people that I like to help the most because, you know, I think that every little bit will make such a big difference to how they work and how they progress and how they learn. And then we have the second group is people who are more experienced, who maybe came in from using a different tool and Mm -hmm. their challenges are different because they want to know how to integrate, you know, ACF or pods or, um, you know, other things or how to connect, you know, their email marketing tools. And that's a different level. And then, you know, we have people who are, you know, seasoned Elementor users and, um, I'm I'm so happy when I see people who are really experienced and knowledgeable helping other people. I think that really is the key to the success of the tool and the community. Yeah, I think that the two types, like one type is more design oriented and one type is more marketing and, you know, funnels yes. oriented. Do you see these audiences converge one day or... Um, Actually, yes. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do uh, with the course that, you know, I have. I think that's a good segment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I think that both sides need to learn more about the other. I think designers need Mm -hmm. to understand code a little bit more because not everything that we can dream, we can actually do. And I... I encounter a lot of graphic designers who never designed anything for web and they have no concept of responsiveness. They have no concept of container sizes or anything like that. So I think if people who are designers would learn a little bit more about code and then developers would learn a little bit more about design, that would be a perfect world. Yeah, so tell tell us a bit about your course and how it originated. Um... I've had many conversations uh, with my clients. Most of them are web developers who are not good designers. And they are really good with the technical aspect of building a website. And, you know, they can install WordPress and all the plugins and you know, everything is connected and everything is working and they start a page, you know, the homepage in Elementor and they sit there and they look at the screen and the screen is looking back and no one is moving because, you know, it's one thing to know the technicalities, but to actually construct a website, it's a totally different thing. And, you know, it's not their fault because I can tell you I've done a lot of research about it and developers are not taught 
how to think for design. And yeah. And I think that having some processes, having some uh, roadmaps that they can follow to learn how to combine colors, how to pair fonts, how to lay out a page, you know, how to use white space, how to, you know, use spacing in general with you know, padding and margin and how to incorporate images, how to just really tell a story on a page. That's something that most people don't know how to do. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 of course, uh, we're generalizing here, but I think I've had some conversations uh, with uh, developers and I think that's actually the element that is missing mm-hmm. is like seeing, if we're paraphrasing, seeing a book, as if it's a bunch of text matched together. Exactly. And seeing a site as if it's it's a few, um, you know, blocks matched together and actually not seeing the fact that there's a story and there's a... Seeing a site as n- not a bunch of blocks, but uh, having to convey a certain narrative, a certain impression, and all the work that goes into that, when you're, when you're thinking about... It, I think it's like the difference between a, a high-class restaurant and, you know, um, like a, a food food chain. Exactly. A drive-through food chain. And you can't explain why, exactly. like, a, a, you know, a, a drive-through is, is uh, I mean, it's food, you get nutrients, you can live on it, but you can't compare it to a, a fine dining restaurant, the experience. And I think that's the same. And Actually, I've had a, <laughs> a hard time explaining it, uh, like yes. uh, explaining to 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 developers, because it's something that you need to experience and you need to be in that. I think designers are inside this ecosystem where they they visit, uh, you know, sites like Dribble and awards. It's all around them, so it's second nature to them. And see, but so that, how does that? These things, can, yeah. These things can be learned. Because most of the stuff is very methodical. I think the difference is that that for designers, it comes naturally. When we look at something and we know why it works or why it doesn't work. But when you are a developer and not a designer, or if you are a business owner that you're building your own site and you're not a designer, you need to have a system in place that you can run each element and all the elements together that will tell you how you need to put them together. And it's very, I mean, it's, it's very, um, it's a process. You have, you know, your, your line height needs to be a certain way and your font need to be a certain size and a certain weight. And, you know, your spacing need to be a certain way. It's almost mathematical. So when people are taught how to look at things or how to use tools for that, or how to look at images and know how you can use them, it's something that can be taught. Um, I know that from experience that when I sit with developers and I show them you know, look at this site. It looks great, right? The other one, not so much. Can you tell me why? And they look at it and they don't know why one looks better than the other. But when I tell Mm. them, they look at this element and look at this element. And when you compare them, that makes sense. 
it, it's something that definitely can be taught or learned. So share with us a bit about it. Did you run already? Uh, did you start the, the, the course? I am in final uh, phases, phase of uh, preparation. It's going to be completely live the first week of January. But I'm actually quite overwhelmed with the amount of people who enrolled in the early bird phase. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> but it's, it's really, you know, the more people enroll, the more I'm, you know, motivated to get it, you know, to be... really 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 helpful and perfect and I am creating a lot of um, cheat sheets and a lot of tools that people can use and you know figure out stuff and you know how to come up with color palettes and you know I'm, I'm basing the course on um, you know us creating a style guide mm-hmm. and going to taking that and building a site from it. So developers don't just, you know, start with the page. They start with a design phase before that. And it's amazing because once you have the style guide in place, putting together a website is so easy because you know mm-hmm. what goes where and you know the fonts and you know the colors and you just go in, you know, and, and you put, put the colors in Elementor and you put the colors in general press and you just fly. So it's, it's, um, I think it's a different way of thinking. And I found that this was the missing piece in a lot of, for a lot of people. Definitely. I can vouch for that. Uh, and how did you, uh, did you pre-record the, the video or do you have live sessions? Um, Tell us. Right now, um, the lessons themselves uh, are pre-recorded. I will have, I do have, but it's not open yet, a private Facebook group for my students and we will have uh, live sessions. I will also be available to critique stuff that they do and you know we can work on things together and we can share experiences or challenges. I'm really excited. I think I can't wait to have it completely open. And how did you build a course? <laughs> like uh, I mean technically in, in WordPress, Right now, I have it both ways. I'm still thinking uh, if I want to have it hosted or I want to have it in uh, WordPress. And I am just, right now, I think that I'd, ra- I'd rather have it hosted somewhere else because I just want to make sure that it's available to people 24-7, regardless of anything uh, that can happen. Along the years, What have been the insights? Like, what kind of advice would you offer a designer starting out, starting to build uh, their first projects? Oh, for, for people who are just starting out? <laughs> um, yeah, like working with clients and building sites. What are the things that uh, you would uh, give advice? I, I think that the most important thing is that we need to stop working for people And we need to start working with people. And that means that our clients are not, we're not working for them. We're working with them. And it means that we need to, we are like a team. We need to examine their audience. We need to look at what challenges they have. And whatever we design has to come from that. It's all about who is going to be, The target audience 
of that website. And I think for people who are starting out, they're so focused on just, you know, learning how to build sites. And that's not the first thing that they need to do. They need to learn to listen and they need to talk to their clients. Um, And I know it's easier said than done because when you're starting out, you just want to get you know, as many projects and as you can, but it's not always for the best because not every client is right for you and not every website is a good fit for you. So how do you deal with, uh, with, with a challenge? Like, uh, you know, the customer is always right in balance with sometimes you have to put your own stance. Um, I think It's not so much a stance, but I think it's managing expectations right from the beginning. I think that we as business owners, we owe it to ourselves and to our clients to be extremely honest and open and transparent with what we do. So everybody is on the same page and not have anything creep up, you know, in the middle of the project, because this is the surest way of you know, having things go wrong. So I think if you're starting out, even though your automatic uh, inclination is to have as many projects as you can for as, you know, for any budget and for anything, don't do that. In the long run, it will not serve you well. Just be careful, be very, you know, be careful with who you are working, um, how much you're charging, because this is really important. And please, Don't anybody work for free? You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you know, appreciate your own work. Nobody else will. So, you know, all this stuff, and, and I understand people are starting out. I really do. I get that. But it's sometimes it's just better to take a step back and move slowly than to rush into things and then having it, you know, crush and burn because of it. Definitely. And... advice on in terms of um, managing like managing groups and uh, building uh, communities um you know I have aside from being a moderator in um, the elementor group and you know other I'm a moderator of another uh, elementor group I have my own group as well and I think we need to be inclusive of everyone um, we need to make sure that you People feel welcome that no one is judging them, no one is bullying them, uh, no one is making fun of their questions. Uh, I think that when we do that, we, when we create an atmosphere of collaborations, of being, people being uh, helpful, I think this is just the surest way of, of successful to the individual people and to the group in general. Definitely. And uh, I know in our own group, which I'm also uh, an admin, mm-hmm. I know we've had a lot of conversations early back. There were a few instances where we deliberated between ourselves h- how to cope with, you know, uh, if, if the remark is too nasty, does it warrant a, a ban? Is it allowed? And I think that those conversations were really crucial into steering mm-hmm. our group into the right direction into a much more respectful group that it is today and uh, you know I think it's a lot of our collaborative uh, efforts mm-hmm. you know you and verdi and the, the other admins and moderators and uh, I think the result is is you know apparent in in the way people 
talk today in the group with a lot more uh, respect and inclusive inclusivity yeah you know there's no justification for someone being a bully or disrespectful or uses a uh, foul language you know I can't imagine if we were you know sitting face to face with each other and not behind a computer screen that people will even consider you Uh, using foul languages with each other for no apparent reason. So why would it be different when we are online? And, and again, it's all about, you know, these groups exist so we can help and support each other. You know, that's the main reason that they yeah. exist. And if you come to a group and this is not what you intend to do, then you have no place. There's no, there's no reason for you to stay there. So... Yeah. Know, I'm very strict yeah. with that. You know that. You know, I, I will not tolerate anyone using foul language or being disrespectful or bully anyone or, or belittle anyone or ridicule anyone. It's just, I have zero tolerance for that. Yeah, what I learned uh, in the managing the group is how the group has actually, I can't explain it other than a group mind. It's like, When you get someone who is uh, you know obnoxious and 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 uh, you know uh, trolling others, you kind of want to think that okay, it's a one one time case, but there is a certain atmosphere that uh, it's like uh, you know collective co- subconscious. I don't know how to call it, but when you you know uh, take out those uh, I, I would say call them uh, you know bad weeds and It affects in a way that is a lot it, it's like uh, a lot more than mm-hmm. just taking out one person it's actually directing the whole conversation of now you know 26,000 people uh, Is't it amazing so I, I, say it again 26,000 yeah. people <laughs> it's it's yeah yeah unbelievable so proud yeah, yeah it's, it's really amazing so more how can people contact you uh, get in touch keep in touch? Uh, learn more about the course? Uh, well, they can always find me on Facebook, whether I want to or not. No, I'm just, they can, <laughs> no, they can always find me on Facebook. My course is called Design Class uh, and the website is designclass.io. And of course, my own website is flexframe.com. I'll be happy to talk to anyone if anyone has any questions about the course or my work or if I can help in any way. Please feel free to always contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I hope uh, we can continue and talk uh, some more in the future. And uh, yeah, let's uh, sign off. Uh, thank you everyone for uh, listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.